the show that dives into everything that society tells us not to do. It's time to forget all of your ideas of success and break free from restrictive social norms, starting with today's show. Join Elizabeth Houghton as she explores practical ways to find success on your own terms. Elizabeth is no stranger to being trapped by social norms, but she found his sudden full potential to motivate and mentor others to make a positive change in their life. Each episode, Elizabeth will sit down with trailblazing guests who created their own path to success. It's time to be inspired. You'll now be joined by your host, Elizabeth Houghton. Enjoy the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the show. Today, we have Justine Cochrane with us. Justine is a certified life coach who helps entrepreneurs and creatives cut their stress in half by harnessing the power of their perfectionism. She is a recovering perfectionist herself who took the leap to leave her traditional nine to five job and create her dream business. Her clients have built a six figure business while loving their lives and she is there to share her secrets and her story with us today. Hi Justine, it is an absolute pleasure to have you with us today. Thank you ever so much for joining us. Of course, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. What's the background story? You had this nine to five, I guess what we class as a traditional role and you took that major leap into starting your own business. Can you tell us a bit around how you kind of ended up in the space of this nine to five role that wasn't really your passion? Absolutely. Yeah. So I had a, a really great upbringing, you know, like solid family and lots of opportunities, but I really thrived on achievement. So like moving through my university years, achievement was what I was really focused on. Um, so initially, like I started as a business major because it seemed prestigious to me, just if we're being transparent. Um, and I quickly realized it was not a good fit. So I switched over to psychology because I thought it would be really easy to get good grades. Um, and then I graduated from university and just sort of suddenly found myself without a real direction or like any clear prospects of, okay, I'm going to go into this career or this role. So I just started applying to grad school because it seemed like the next sort of hoop to jump into. My friends were doing the same thing um, and I didn't get in and I was devastated. And I think that was sort of the first time in my life I came up against a real failure and I did not know how to handle that. Like I did not know how to react. So I got into a little bit of a desperate place and I jumped on the first sort of job that came my way, which was an entry level position at the medical um, school at the university I attended. So I jumped in there and again, I just sort of chased that achievement and praise and I worked really hard um, and I ended up getting like four promotions over five years and I found myself, you know, in that lovely office space running a whole bunch of stuff, having staff work for me. But I had that realization of like, this is where I thought I would be happy, but I'm not. Why in that situation? Like, what was it that you thought, when I get here, when I get the, the big corner office and the team and I'm running multiple projects, I'm going to be happy. What was it that was kind of driving that to be kind of your happiness destination? Yeah, I just kind of thought like in my brain on the checklist of like 
successful women, those are the criteria, right? Like the the benefits and the pension and all the vacation days you could want and like these people that are helping and supporting you and a beautiful space to work in. And I mean, working for the medical school, I did feel like I was providing some value to the world by helping train, you know, doctors Mm. and physicians and stuff, but it just, it really felt, um, like very dull and black and white for me. There wasn't a whole lot of variation. There wasn't a lot of color in my life. And so it really felt like, wow, I thought this would be it. And this would be what would make me really happy as a person. And it's just not giving me that feeling. Can you remember the moment when you realized this actually isn't making me happy? Was it a moment or was it just a buildup of time where like you're going through the motions and just not feeling it? It was kind of, it was a niggling feeling that sort of came as I got that very last promotion and I was the coordinator of like all the curriculum materials and I was like, this is great. And as soon as I had figured out the job and like how things run and gotten over that initial like adrenaline, um, I was kind of left with okay, we're here for another day. We're going to do the same thing with the same people. And it just wasn't really fueling me. I found like it was more of a drain than it was a fire. And so at that point, I hired a life coach because I really wanted to like get it right. And I've got that in quotation marks and like figure it out. Same thing, right? Like figure out why I wasn't feeling how I should be feeling. Mm. And that experience just like, blew my mind because she asked me like questions about what would make me happy in my life and what was fun for me to do and it really stumped me because I was like well it's fun to achieve stuff and she was like but obviously it's not because you're not having fun Mm. Uh, yeah so that experience really sort of changed the course of my life and it really started to caused me to question what I had valued prior and where I was searching for positive feedback um, from the outside world and trying to give that to myself from my own thoughts and feelings about myself as a person. So important that that kind of self-worth and um, I guess self-love comes from within instead of others, like relying on others is um, you're just never going to get to that happiness destination, right? Because you're going to keep seeking the next thing, the next thing. So You've got these four promotions at work. You've realized it's not your happy destination. There's this niggling feeling inside you that's just like, no, this isn't where I think I need to be. You've engaged in, with a life coach. You've gone through those questions and you've started to understand that you should be enjoying what you're doing. What happened next for you? Then I found out I was pregnant with my first daughter. So that was really exciting and definitely gave me sort of a crossroads because I had some time off work for maternity leave and I really wanted to use that to like the best of my ability. So obviously like bonding with my baby and like spending time with her and all those things, transitioning to being a mom. Um, But then also while she was napping, I worked on my life coach certification and I got certified during that first maternity leave. And it's funny thinking back on it now because I totally could have just not gone back to my nine to five job and dove into that and become a full-time coach at that point. But there was just fear holding me back. Like I I didn't really see it as like a full-time job and I didn't see it as like something that people would respect and admire Mm. Um, just because of my own like weird judgments about the profession. 
And so I ended up going back to my nine to five, my traditional nine to five. And I worked there for about 10 months before I was like, nope, this is not where I'm supposed to be. So my second daughter was born. And after I finished maternity leave with her, I just went all into my business and coaching full time. And I've never looked back. Like it seemed like such an irresponsible decision while I was going through it, you know, to like leave a job that's got the benefit and the pensions and the salary and all those things. But it was a hundred percent the right decision for me. And I'm so happy I did it. If anything, I wish I had done it sooner. So it's really interesting that you kind of, you spent your first maternity leave studying to be a coach. Like you invested all of this time and energy into getting your certification, understanding so much more about it but yet you still had this belief inside that it's it's not a real job and it's not something you can do. Where, where did that kind of view of life coaching come from? Yeah, I think just because you don't have to have sort of like formal education to be a life coach, technically, I felt like I've gone to university, like I've done all this education. I don't want to like walk away from it and same with my career like I had just I had really climbed up the ladder and like built a name for myself and I did not want to be walking away from that into this new job where people are like I'm sorry you coach what sport you know what I mean like they don't even understand what life coaching is or like what sort of services we provide or how successful we can be as entrepreneurs so it was just like a lot of naivety on my point, I think, and a lack of understanding mixed with some judgment that was masking a whole lot of fear on my end. So with that judgment and fear and misunderstanding from your perspective, what inspired you to invest in a life coaching qualification where in the back of your mind, you had all of these stories you were telling yourself? Yeah, it's such a good question. I think it's like, when you've got those sort of like two voices in your head, like the devil and the angel being mm. like, oh, do this, you'll love it. And the other person, the other one's like, no, that'll never work. And I think having that space away from work on my maternity leave, it seemed like a waste of an opportunity to not do it. Like it, it almost seemed like I would be like wasting that time if I didn't take advantage of something that came up for me which is hilarious because that's hundred percent my old way of like, oh, I can achieve something else. I better do that. Right. So mm. that mentality definitely came in there, but I think it worked to my advantage in that case. So how did, so you've gone back to work, you've gone back to work for 10 months, fallen mm-hmm. pregnant with your second daughter, you've gone off on mat leave and you've just kind of said, actually, I'm not going back. How did you transition? Like, how did you change those stories you were telling yourself about, well, life coaching isn't a real job. I can't do that to going all in. What was that mindset shift for you? And how did you achieve it? I was, I was very much into um, a personal development space by that point. I mean, I was working with a coach myself and I had come across like Brooke Castillo and her program Scholars. And I was just so much more invested in my own growth. And I was constantly thinking about like, okay, if I go back to my nine to five, like what does the future look like in that scenario? Will I be happy for another five years? And then what's sort of the next step, what's available there versus if I create my own business and I go down that route, like there's just so many more 
options open to me there. I can build something that I'm so proud of and help so many people and impact so many people. And by that point, I was working with clients and really feeling the effect of being able to help people change their lives. And that just like made it a no brainer for me. It became a very easy decision intellectually, hard to actually, you know, send the email being like, yes, please stop my pension contributions. That would be great. Right. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, when it came down to what I wanted my life to look like, what was really fueling my heart and where my passion was, it was very, very clear that life coaching and building this business that I've created is where I needed to be. And how did you go about creating that business? So for the audience listening at home, Justine and I have had this conversation and she has managed to create her incredible coaching business without being on social media. How, <laughs> how have you done that? How have you, you know, you've yeah. made this really big decision to walk away from your stable, sensible, let's say nine to five to go into your own business but you've done it in a way that most, if there's any other budding coaches listening to this would be thinking, oh my word, like you're not even visible. How do people know you exist? Yeah, no, it's such a good question. And the answer is like slowly, right? So I got certified in 2016 and now we're in 2021. So it's been a slow burn for sure. That did not happen initially. Um, But it's just been, you know, clients that I worked with right through my certification. So I had one of my instructors said, you're fantastic. I have someone who I think you should work with. Here's your first paying client that kind of fell into my lap. And then like referrals, creating referrals, honestly. Mm. Um, And like some of my clients I've worked with for years and now they sign up for a year at a time. Like it's just, it's amazing how once that ball starts rolling and I think people see the impact that you're having in like people's lives, like their friends and friends of friends all see it. And then they're like, what is happening here? How do we get some of that, you know? Um, And so happy clients just create happy clients. But I will say, if you're looking for like an actual resource on that, there's a great book called The Prosperous Coach that maybe we can link up in the show notes because it's basically, yeah, like how to build a thriving coaching business without social media and that type of thing. I will say I use Pinterest. I love Pinterest. That's how I got my whole mailing list. So that's sort of the one um, way that people sort of come in if they're not like a private referral. You're not a Facebook girl. You're not an Instagram girl. You're, you're not doing lives every day. Oh. That's, that's, not, oh. that's not been your style with your business. That's incredible that you've built it up through referrals and like you said the the proof is in the pudding right your their friends and friends of friends are seeing this mass changing them and they're going hey I want some of that how do we do that and word of mouth fantastic yeah so for you from kind of what we discussed offline before we got onto this um recording you said something to me and that was you have to love your reason So how did you know that life coaching was your reason? Because it wasn't guaranteed to make a lot of money. Like to be, you know what I mean? It was, it was such a gamble and it was so outside of my comfort zone and all of those like criteria that I talked about that like successful women would have. 
And I knew like, I feel so strongly about this. I know I can impact people. And if I feel so passionate about it without all the other fancy frills and like shiny objects attached Mm -hmm. to it, then it's got to be a really good thing. And like I was saying sort of about that future self thinking as far as like where I could be in a life coaching business and like helping clients and changing people's lives versus continuing to collect like PowerPoint slides, sending emails, all those more like administrative things I was doing in my coordination job. Mm. Um, It just, it seemed very simple when I broke it down to like the values and where I was more aligned. Do you have a clear definition of what your personal values are? I do. So I, I'm a huge fan of Brene Brown and I'm certified in her program as well. And like one of the things that she talked about is living your life wholeheartedly. Mm. And that for me is like my number one value. Yeah. I have to be wholehearted about whatever I'm doing in order for me to feel like, yes, I can totally get behind this and love my reason. Um, and so that's been a big guiding light for me. And if I, there's like a little niggle of like, oh, I might not be able to do this. I'm scared that's fine. That usually shows me I'm going in the right direction. But if it's a feeling of like, oh gosh, this is boring and I'm not using my brain, I'm not using my creativity, then that's like, nope, we're not going there. And that's an interesting one that when there's that little bit of fear, you know, you're going in the right direction. And I talk about that. I do a bit of public speaking every now and then. And I no longer call it fear, I call it nerves. And I love that feeling now because before it would put me off, but now I'm like, no, this means I'm so passionate about what I am going to talk about. And that's where it's coming from. It's not driving from the, oh my God, I can't do this. It's going to be terrible. It's actually driving from the absolute need to share with a group of people. Yes, I love that, yeah. So for you, you've kind of gone through this journey of, going to university, not really knowing what to study. So you studied business and then you swapped to psychology because you thought it was going to be easy to get high grades. And then <laughs> you finished uni, didn't really know what to do. And all of your friends were going off to grad school. So that just kind of seemed to make sense. Unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on which way you now look at it, you didn't get in. And now you are Fast forward, here you are today in 2021, running an absolutely incredible business, supporting entrepreneurial women. Over that journey, has your definition of success changed for you? Yes, 100%. And I mean, I feel like I'm successful when I'm helping other people like that to me is success it's been a great day if I've served people and like my clients or just people I meet randomly like I think that's sort of my definition of success versus acquiring like accomplishments or more certifications or formal education or a certain job title like it's shifted so much from those material Um, sort of like achievement markers into much more of a value and like creation space for me now. So it's more of that instead of the I guess the accolades that you get with those achievements and those every time you get a new qualification you get a certificate right so it's moved away from that to actually seeing the impact that you're making on someone's life and the value you're bringing to them. That's a really interesting journey so With that in mind, if you could go back to your 20-something self when you're at uni, you're swapping swapping degrees and you're thinking about going to grad school, 
if you could go back to that self, that younger Justine, what would you love to say to her now? Oh my gosh, so much. Like that girl better sit down and get on a notepad. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I think like to boil it down to just being like very um, conscious of the path that you're putting yourself on and where that's going to take you and being excited about that prospect and not like dreading it, first of all, but also to like really checking in with your reason for doing something. And I always say like, you've got to love your reason. And I think that my reason for doing a lot of the things that I did as far as like choices around university and jobs afterwards were to create that sense of achievement. So I would feel better about myself. Um, And I wish that I had just been able to feel better about myself by doing that sort of um, internal work, personal development, growth, and like um, all those type of things to create that foundation and then build from there. Because I don't think there's anything wrong with going after like a traditional job or like a really high paying job for the money or like any of that if you love that reason and that really makes you happy for me it didn't and I wish I had figured that out sooner um but that's okay it's all we're either learning or we're winning right that's it and as long as we're learning from whatever I don't want to say mistakes I don't feel there's any mistakes in life I feel everything is a learning opportunity it only becomes a mistake when you don't change or learn like from it but as long as you're progressing forwards you're winning anyway right yeah so you've gone from this kind of in your early 20s you thought that to be successful and to have your best life you needed to go up that corporate career ladder to now being a business owner what have been your main learnings with starting a business? Because that wasn't your na- na- natural intention, was it? Like you didn't go to university with that thought in your mind of, I'm going to learn all of this information so I can run a business. That wasn't kind of your intention behind studying. So for you, what has been your major learnings in being your own boss and creating your own business? Yeah, it's such a good question because this is something I work with my clients on a lot. And like, I was lucky because my dad was a business owner growing up. So I was able to watch him and just like the amount of work that he did and how hard he worked to build his business. But I think like as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, we get to define what our business is going to look like and what those boundaries are for us. So I've got two very little kids. I've got a two and a four-year-old right now. So my boundaries are pretty tight. Like I see clients three days a week, that's it. And I don't go outside that time. And so for me, like as I was creating that business in the earlier days, I found myself being available all the time, just hustling so hard. And the result that I created for myself was like burnout, overwhelm, those feelings of like, how am I going to sustain this? Right. And just sort of like serving to the point where I was depleting my own self, which wasn't actually helping anybody. Mm. So bringing that back in and then creating those strong boundaries and thinking I'm, I'm running a business so I can have a life that I love. So if I don't love my life, there's a problem and I'm the one who needs to change that. So going back to like, what would an ideal schedule look like? And knowing that it's in my power to actually create that because I'm the one in charge. And that's such an empowering thing, right? Mm. Um, So just sort of coming from that place of there's so many choices I can make and being really intentional about those choices so that they line up with my values for my life um, now and down the road too. 
so important to be intentional and so important to have those really firm boundaries because like you said like the burnout is real like we people who go into business generally go into it because they're really passionate and they love what they do so generally it doesn't feel like work but you can so easily end up working seven days a week and not having any of that personal care time so boundaries are yes hugely important and then on the other side of that with business there's always things what I've in my experience there's stuff if people said to me you never have to do that again in your business I would be like dancing in the streets having like the best time of my life is there anything in terms of kind of running a business that if someone said to you today that one thing you never have to do again we're going to take care of that for you or what would that one thing be that you would happily give up when it comes to the overall running of your business so you can focus on your passion more yeah can I get like really granular with that question cool (laughs) go for it managing mailing lists is like the bane of my existence yep it's so tedious and like trying to merge things because I had a whole bunch of different opt-ins at one point on Pinterest and then I thought I would sort of mash them all together and it was just like a week of my life I'm never getting back in hindsight, I 100% should have hired someone to do that for me and given up a little bit of that control, right? Let somebody who actually has some expertise come in instead of trying to learn how to do it and do it myself. Um, So I think just like that type of work. Mm. Yeah, I also also spent a lot of time blogging um, earlier in my career and I don't do that anymore. So I send out like sort of basically a weekly article to my email list each week with like motivation and inspiration and just sort of like thoughts and ideas that they might want to think about. Um, But for some reason that feels so much easier speaking to a list of like women that I know are really interested and like on the same page and stuff versus creating a blog post and probably a freebie and then just sort of releasing it into the world and not really knowing who's engaging in it, it, it doesn't have the same connection for me. So that's definitely something I've moved away from. Yes, I understand the Pinterest mailing list 100% if that could go. For me, it's my bookkeeping. If I never had to look at another spreadsheet ever again, I would be so happy. And I could, right? I could find an expert to do that for me, but it's the control factor. I'm like, no, no, I'm still going to do it for now. So with everything you've learned on your journey and you know there's ups and downs or with business has there been anything unexpected that you just didn't think would be part of business has something come your way that you just never thought that was part of running a business that's such a good question I think like what's coming up is how much um mind work I have to do with myself around my business mm-hmm. like I just sort of thought that would be an extension of my usual thoughts and practices but I found like I had some really crazy ideas about how women and especially moms should be showing up in their businesses and I remember having this sort of like realization and a thought that I had was um, good moms don't make a lot of money and I was sort of doing a download one morning and that popped out and I was like, what the heck is this? Mm-hmm. Right? Like I, I don't actually think that I know a lot of moms who are in business who I think are great, who make a ton of money, but for some reason, my brain thought that was true for me. So I think that's been sort of the biggest surprise as far as these like personal obstacles that I have for myself that I didn't even realize were there. 
um, especially as my business is growing and just sort of like overcoming those one at a time and unpacking that and like seeing where that's possibly coming from and how it's affecting the results that I'm creating for myself or vice versa. Um, and just sort of continuing to manage my mind through everything as my business grows. That's incredible, isn't it? And I, I speak with other coaches quite a lot around that of us having to manage our own minds as well like we're there to guide our clients and help them and sometimes there's this expectation that we're the ones that have got it all together um and it's really not every day we're coming up with our own stuff that we need to work on too but from our journeys we can use that to support our clients which is what I find So it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today, Justine. Would you like to tell us all how we can connect with you, how we can work with you and what it is you do for your clients? Like who is your ideal client? Tell us a bit about who you want to work with and who you do work with and how. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So there's two ways that I work with clients. The first is through my 12-week program, which is Making Over Your Mondays. And that's where I help entrepreneurs and creatives sort of leverage their perfectionism to help them create their goals and decrease their stress. That's something like you were saying, I've personally struggled with, and it's something that I've really figured out how to harness the power of. So I love sharing that with other women and seeing them succeed. And then I also do take a like very small number of private coaching clients each quarter. Um, so that's the other way that people can work with me. And I work with clients one-to-one there in bi-weekly calls, just like whatever is sort of their, their circumstance at the moment. So I've done weight loss. I've helped people like through writing a book, building businesses, you know, sorting out their relationships, everything and anything is game there. Perfect. Well, thank you ever so much. I absolutely love the journey you've been on and sharing your story. It's really inspirational. So it's been a true pleasure having you on the show today. And um, hopefully we'll have you back soon one day. It's been an absolute pleasure. I would love that. Thank you so much. It was so fun. Thanks for listening to Finding Success on Your Own Terms. Don't miss out on new episodes released every Wednesday. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe to Finding Success on Your Own Terms on Apple Podcasts. To stay tuned for upcoming episodes, projects and news, follow Elizabeth Houghton on Instagram at Southern Full Potential and connect with her on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash in slash Elizabeth Coach. Discover your full potential and find out more about how you can change your life today at suddenfullpotential.com.